It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer uh, with myself Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Head of Sport Dave Prentice and Gavin Buckland and uh, we're here to reflect without dozing off on Everton's 1-0 win over Newcastle United last night at Goodison, a victory that nudged Everton up into 8th place and had Sam Allardyce uh, reflecting on the first 75 minutes as excellent uh, and the last 15 as involving too much desperate defending but we'll here to chew over the fat of that, analyse Sam's assessment of the game, give our assessment of a victory and uh, and talk about other things, uh, all blues. Preno, um, were Everton excellent for 75 minutes? Uh, the results that you could describe as excellent, uh, the means you know in which Everton went about it. You could argue a case that you know the, the players put into practice what some analysts asked them to do. But entertainment value, and surely that's what football is all about, you know, the bottom line. Was, was dismal, uh, it wasn't excellent at all. So, you know, I'm trying to be as positive as possible here because it was a good result against a team that had a great run recently, four wins in a row, were on Everton's shoulders, and there was every chance, you know, people feared uh, Newcastle overtaken Everton. You know, imagine Rafa gloating all around uh, Goodison Park. Uh, that didn't happen because Everton dominated possession, kept the ball well, but just created so few chances. And I think we just want to see a little bit more ambition a little bit more shots on target, a little bit more in the way of, you know, attacking prowess. And so I don't want to, you know, just immediately jump on Sam Allardyce's case, which a lot of people are doing, and say, you know, dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. It wasn't, you know, the, the result was okay. Um, but I just want to see more from Everton Football Club. I just want to see more entertainment. I mean, one shot on target again, mm. and um, precious few, you know, goal mouth incidents. I mean, you go to a football match to you know put away the the worries of your you know, everyday life, and yeah. that hasn't happened for a long time. So, Gav, just picking up on then on what, on what Preno said about entertainment and excitement, is that even more important when you're in a position that we're in, where we're not going anywhere, we're not going to get, we're not pushing for Europe realistically anymore, we ain't going down, and it's been like that for a number of weeks. So, is the emphasis should it have been more? On right, let's go and try and play a way that will entertain the fans. Let's give yeah. rather than just churning out enough results and doing enough to keep our heads heads above water and get into the top half of the table. As, as the as the challenge not been since the turn of the year. Actually, let's go and try and be exciting and and, and, and attack. Um, one question, I felt yeah yeah yeah. Um, you said the phrase there that you use churning out results. And again, this goes back to what different people in different fo- parts of the football club involved in want, don't they? You know, the manager wants results. I think Sam just wants results. That's patently obvious. He said, what, he said that himself. What he's, the yeah. way he sets up the team, what he said outside of the outside of the, the match, you know, in terms of his press conferences, he just wants results on the basis that I would imagine he wants to keep his job. Yeah. And as you, we you know, get results, like, you don't get sacked. Since yeah. time immemorial, the the the, the, uh, the man's for managers, if I get good results, I won't get sacked. I yeah. think that's the position Sam's in. That doesn't necessarily sort of equate what the supporters want or maybe what members of the board want. 
but unfortunately that's what, what it is. Um, I think our performance last night had to be seen in the context that they only had two shots on target. Yeah. So Sam could quite legitimately point to the fact that they didn't exactly pepper our shots. That it was one of the worst goal. games yeah, of yeah. the season. <laughs> but, but I think this needs to be seen in the wider context of like the Premier League in itself. Um, I was saying that half-time last night, to me there's like three types of game in the Premier League. There's top six against top six, which is like tends to be. Some can be really good, some actually can be a bit of a pasting, you yeah. know, and some can be a bit dour, especially if Mourinho was the manager away from home, yeah. you know. Then you get top six against, like, shall we call bottom 14, mm. where the bottom 14 club parks the bus, not not only away from home now, but at home. And then you get, like, games between the bottom 14 against the bottom 14, of which there's many. And the most of them I've seen this season have been, like, last night, to be fair. They, you know, devoid of quality, devoid of entertainment, Plenty of fear. Uh, neither manager wants to get get beat, and that's reflected in the entertainment uh, value of, of the game. And, and and I think our performances under Sam have to be seen in that context as well. It's not just Everton who are. But how many of the bottom fourteen have spent the money Everton has spent? Well, that's a good point, isn't it? That's that's the other side. Of the yeah, that, that's a great and argument. But you also need to you know look at the squad, despite having all that money spent on it. How much quality is there? Because you know what could we have changed last night that would have made Everton more entertaining. You know, all right, could have pushed Wayne Rooney up into number ten, maybe. Yeah. Um, Vlasic, could Vlasic have made a difference? Could he, I mean, could he play class? And I know it seems a bit of a shot in the dark, given he's he's not played. But was that the opportunity? No pressure. Does he? But then again, it all comes back to Sam. Results, results. It's a gamble. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I know people say that you know Guy and um, Schneiderlin are actually best when they're just playing as a one, mm. you know, one, one, you know, rather than a pair of them. But as you said in your piece the other week, Phil, that you're only going to get the best out of win if you play two of them on the pitch. So you've got that dynamic going on as well. Um, there's probably a, a, a little bit, I'd like to see the full-backs getting pushed up a little bit more. I don't think that they get... I thought they were last night, pitch. to be fair. No, just generally speaking yeah. over the last... Sort I think, of I think like Newcastle did a good job in containing them in yeah. that aspect yeah. because yeah. they just sat in, didn't they? You know Rafa, you know, he's been around there, you know, been around on their side for long enough, you know what he's really good at, he's good oh, yeah. at containing the opposition isn't he, and he did that well last night, so I think we also need to bear that in mind, um, but go back, to your, <laughs> no, go back to your question, it's a results business isn't it Phil, it's just, and, and to be fair to Sam, you can point from last six games, 11 points, mm. which is not bad considering we played Man City and Liverpool as well in that run. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not just the results I think, or the lack of entertainment, there's a number of issues that is leading to you know banners being you know so sort of paraded on the Gladys Street you know sort of against the manager, and it's just this, this attitude that he seems to uh, to have, um, where it, it seems to be about him you know far more of the time than about the football club as a whole. I mean David Unsworth's reputation you know was damaged this week. Uh, last week it was the uh, the marketing director, yeah. and it just still seems a bit unnecessary. You know you know some Allardyce the results you know are doing a job for him at the moment. You know all right. He described it as a great point to Swansea. It was another dreadful game, but it was a point yeah. against an informed team. Last night the result was good. So why the need, you know, to throw, you know, very, very highly respected, you know, sort of club, you know, individuals under the bus? Just things like that don't do him any favours and you know get some fans' backs up. And when that is then also linked with, you know, a lack of entertainment, uh, you know, in home games especially. It does all add to a little bit of a you know growing you know sort of cause yeah. of dissatisfaction. As you said, like the word I I'd use there as well as growing, and I think part of the problem is, for me, it, it's it's escalating all the time, isn't it? It's like a sort of iterative process. You know, fans are unhappy. Sam becomes defensive and starts saying, "Oh, I've done this, I've done that." Yeah. 
maybe in the words that fans don't like fans then become increasingly unhappy about Sam's words so mm. Sam comes increasingly defensive yeah, yeah. and starts you know like taking it personally and then it it's sort of like sort of both both parties rightly or wrongly I think at the moment are winding each other up it's, it's difficult I've, I've got know? a bit of, bit of sympathy for him in that when he arrived you know, clearly he wasn't you know the universally popular choice yeah. but fans were willing to give him an opportunity and he got off to a flying start you know three wins and you know saw yeah. some decent results and so you know everything was quiet everything was you know sort of hunky dory but then results started to suffer uh, Everton had that you know sort of run you know a little bit of lack of ambition you could argue you know in some of those games and in some of the statements, you know, accepting defeat against the top six. Yeah. And you don't need to say things like that. And that's where it starts, where people start to get irritated and start to look for holes, you know, rather than look for positives. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, it's just, just escalated since then. And, and both parties are, are sort of winding each other up. I mean, there was, a, there was an interesting point in uh, one of the comments in one of your articles this morning at the bottom. Um, can we repeat it? We usually no, can't. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't worth working for hundred dollars a day, like you know. <laughs> yeah. It was somebody was saying, "Words are not not exactly like this." Is we're judging Sam basically for basically just as much on his past yeah. as what he is now, like. And I think that's a, that was a really but good point, though. But isn't that the thing? He needs to to to, to yeah. and obviously to say to stay on his Everton manager that decision, obviously for a couple of people at the football club. But to convince people he should be staying at every football club, he needs to escape his past. Yeah, now, he can only do that, surely, by producing, setting teams up and producing performances or sort of engineering performances that which completely... Is, which is not done. Well, exactly but it's the results the business, though, isn't it? I mean, he would argue, well, actually, if you give me more money in the summer, I'll, I'll be able to do that. But it was just an interesting point mm. in terms of, like, Sam the person, that yeah. people know what he's like. Whereas if he'd, like, never heard of if he had been that Sam Aladic, he would have, like, yeah. himself just turned up from, you know, <laughs> you know Roma last week yeah. to Edman as a club or in November, you say, oh, he's done a really good job for us. He's got, like, a, he's got, got something about him. He winds people up and all this. And we, we got out the, the, you know, the relegation zone and sort of been up to one place less than what we were last season. You know, you know, he's 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 not afraid of like being bullied and all that. He's our man for the few. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just what yeah. actually what people are doing. It's quite rightly as well, as you say, Phil, are actually judging them by Samson's turned up in Bolton in two thousand one. Yeah. Because well, he's a manager at sixty three years old yeah, in the yeah. game for however long. Yeah, actually, yeah. going to change? You know, kind of let the change. No, I don't think he's No, well, if you think there was a, a full page payan basically to Sam Allardyce in the Sunday Times this weekend, David Walsh. Um, and I think the headline talked about Arsene Wenger going and said that, you know, linked him with Sam Allardyce and said that um, he's a much better manager than he's being given credit for. And then, you know, the article extolled all the positives, but didn't actually produce anything beyond 2006-07, which is when he left Bolton when they were fifth place in the table with a couple of games to go in the season. Ever since then, the jobs that Sam Allardyce has had have been firefighting exercises, trying to get teams out of trouble. And he's done it very, very successfully, which is why Farhad Mashiri you know, yeah, sort of yeah, went for him this time round. Again, he's done it successfully. But that's been a decade's worth of firefighting. And, you know, having proved he can do that, we need to see something a little bit more expressive and expansive. And he will claim that, you know, given the opportunity to bring in his own players yeah. this summer, he'd be able to produce that. But it's a long time since he has. You know, it's, it's 10 years now since he produced that Bolton team that, you know, had Jorkaev and Anelka yeah. and, you know, Campo and what have you playing for us. So, you know, can he do it again? Who knows? It goes back to whether you replace him or not, doesn't it? That's mm. the thing. And it's just, it's just an interesting thing is, I don't fully understand that, like, you know, supporters' frustrations with Sam, but, you know, 
it's not been a debacle since he's taken over. You know, no, you know what I mean? He's ticked, like, yeah. ticked the box at the top yeah. of the list. Make sure we're not in the mess. Yeah. And he's done that, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, and, and we're about eight, you know, and hopefully we can stay there. We've got three sort of winnable list games between now and the end of the season. We can stay there. Um, which, okay, sets aside that there's a lot of poor teams outside the top six as well. Like So that's no, no uh, great reflection on our like, capabilities. But, you know, the way it's, And I fully understand why people get frustrated. And, and same what Preno before there's a few sorts of like cheap shots he's had but regardless of like whether I think he's justified and I think I'm at least one of them he was he shouldn't I don't like people at the football club calling out somebody else at the football yeah. club be a player criticising the manager yeah. or yeah. the manager criticising the player or somebody criticising the chair it's got to be kept in house especially at the moment because we've realised the sensitivities around it and I don't that's you know supporters to me you know quite quickly quite justified in giving Sam's tickets. It's not been a disaster. No. You know, and, and I think some of it has been a little bit unfair. It's that people just totally looking at the negative side yeah. of it rather than the fact that actually, you know, and, and people say, and we were 17th or 13th, depending on whether you count the West Ham game and he took over. Well, he signed his contract the following day, yeah. therefore yeah. you can't count he, he, that he, much. Will, he will point to, like, you know, I was in the ground, the club, but regardless of that, people said, oh, we would have stayed up under Unsworth or maybe Kuhn. Is look at the 12 games before the West Ham game. You know, look at look at the results in those 12 games. 5-1 against Atlanta at home. Mm. They would not won away all season. Yeah. If they another 10 minutes, we would have been 10-1. Yeah. 4-1 away at Southampton. It could have been about eight one. I that don't think meltdown, I don't yeah. think they've won a home since, have they? Prior to that, you know, we were awful at Leicester. We got out of there against Watford. We, we got B five two under Coombe and a few other poor poor results in, in Europe. So we were in the thirteenth or seventeenth best team in the Premier League. I, I think I said on the podcast we're the worst team in the Premier League at the moment, regardless mm. of position. Because mm. remember we said like we were comparing us to Palace. Yes, who were at the bottom, I think, yes, at the time. Yeah, yeah. And we were saying the time Palace have got the far Rupert, better players yes. and playing better football yeah. than their bottom. And we're worse, and so when people say, oh, we were 13 when he took over, we were the 13th best team in the Premier League when he yeah. took over. We were the worst team in the Premier League as far as I'm concerned. And Pre- I think we need to see it in that context as well, yeah. you know. Preno, so how much, how much of, the, of the whole issue between the fans and Sam is that when he was appointed, it wasn't obviously particularly popular, but maybe a lot of fans just made peace with the fact that they believed he was coming, he was coming in for a job, and at the end of the season... And shake his hand and say thanks very much and walk away. So, how much of an issue is the fact that there is a silence, if you like, or a lack of clarity or or, the, or lack of noise coming from the football club, which says he still will be the manager next season or he won't be the manager next it's, season? It's an enormous issue. Um, I think there's just a commonly held assumption at the moment that Sam Allardyce will be moving on in the summer, and that's incorrect. You know, there's, um, nobody has said anything to suggest that. In fact, you know, the mood music we're hearing is a. You know, so at boardroom level, you know, there's a suggestion that you might want to, you know, keep him for another year. Uh, no one's made a decision. Yes, you know, Farhad Mashiri is the man that makes these decisions, and you know, he's undecided at the moment. Um, so that uncertainty does uh, transmit through to supporters. And I've said this many times to people at the football club. I said if Farhad Mashiri came out and made a statement supporting Sam Allardyce, it might be unpopular among some members of the uh, the fan base, but at least. It, gets rid of all the uncertainty and people know what's happening they can then plan for the future they can decide whether they're going to renew season tickets or not likewise Sam Allardyce can start planning whether he's going to uh, you know bring in players or not the uncertainty helps absolutely nobody um, equally you know by not making that statement 
that leads people to think, well, hang on, he is thinking about moving on. He is looking at other players, you know, other managers around Europe. Otherwise, why not give him you know, the dreaded vote of confidence? Yeah. So, you know, the silence is a problem. And, you know, there's a number of club events coming up in the next you know, couple of weeks. There's the, the Dixies next mm. week where, you know, over a thousand Evertonians are going to be in the same room. I don't know if Farhan's going to be there, but if he is, you know, I'm sure a few fans will call him that night and, you know, make him aware of how they feel. That could be a forum to actually say something. But, you know, the silence doesn't do anybody any good. You know, I think it has to be a definitive statement of some sort, you know, just to, you know, settle this, this growing, you know, sort of dissatisfaction. Um, just before we move on, obviously going back to since Sam arrived, um, Sky Sports News actually uh, dredged up some interesting stats earlier today. Since Sam arrived in the league, Everton have got 30 points, which would be the sixth best yeah. in the division. But equally, on the flip side, since Sam arrived, Everton are ranked 19th out of 20 teams in the Premier League for shots, shots on target and chances created. I mean, in, in a nutshell, there, that's, that's, a, a, that's everything, that, isn't that, it? That's yeah. a podcast for the last 20 minutes, yeah. isn't it, really? Results. Uh, yeah, yeah, results and everything. And I, I've not really got a problem with them stats. I'd rather just be like sort of um, sixth for the... I'd rather just not be like sort of 19th for points and sixth for yes. shots. You know, yeah, yeah. dare I say under like at least one of our recent managers, yeah. you probably would have been. Mm. But I, can I just pick up on Penno's point before we move on? Is that round whether Sam moves on or not? We do know that, you know, the strong stories that actually the whole, there'd be like an overhaul behind the scenes in the, in the summer, perhaps, you know, director of football maybe changes the board yeah. level, all that type of stuff. Um, is, is changing the manager in that context, in that upheaval also, is, is that like just going to cause more problems than, than what, 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 it, what, you know, than what, what it will bring? Are you um, talking about a level of stability amid yeah. a, a yeah. summer? If they're going to change the, the chief executive, if they're going to change the director of football, they need to retain the managers yeah, and have that, some that, level of stability. That, that, yeah, that, that, an there's, a, there's an argument yeah. to that. I mean, it, it goes back to like when uh, Farhad came in the first time, isn't it? When like you're saying, well, actually, we may have some teething problems here, but it probably did work out the fact that Cumin and Walsh both pointed at the same time, probably didn't even know each other or whatever. Yeah. And that ultimately, I think, probably caused maybe issues, maybe not apparent at the time, but certainly 18 months after. And there is a, there is an, one Farhad might be thinking, well, actually, that upheaval at the time caused me a bit of a problem down the line. Actually, I don't, you know, I, I may be a businessman, I'm quite sure, I don't, you don't make the same mistake twice in business, do you? And one, one of the things he may, may think of is actually, I'm here for the long, and I'm playing the long game here. Another season of a bit of stability, maybe not spend a lot of money, but knowing how to sort of be mid-table in the Premier League, and maybe go for seventh, keeping Sam, because let's face it, you'd have to pay him off, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like, and he's on big money. But get in, use that year to get everything right behind the scenes. Get a director of football, chief executive, all that type of governance right behind the scenes. Get everybody pointing in the same direction and get them to appoint a manager. Twelve months later, that they're comfortable with. But and there's a lot, there's a logic behind that. There is, but communicate that to the fans. Yeah, that, that's you know, what Whether they find yeah. that acceptable, just if we don't give a monkey, you yeah. know that we've we'll on. You know, with would, them, would, would, would some say if, if we're going to make massive changes at boardroom level and director of football level why not wipe the slate clean anyway and let's just start fresh and build from the bottom in terms of a project but that's what we tried to do in 2016 didn't we to a degree but if if the football club I'm just speaking hypothetically if the football club were thinking we're going to get rid of Sam 12 months down the line at the end of his contract anyway we're not just wasted 12 months if if the manager's out there that in 12 months time you think we're going to go and get him anyway. If he's available yeah. now, would you still it, it do could, it? it? Yeah, well, it could be. It might be like your A-list a of the candidate that he wants is available, may not be 
available in 12 months time what I'm saying is here is, is that it goes back to what Penner was saying there that it's not necessarily a done deal that some people think yes, that Sam's yeah, going yeah, and there's yeah. actually there's actually perfectly valid reasons in terms of long term future of the football club to retain Sam for another 12 months you know uh, and then see see where it takes us but it, 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 it's, it's the Man United thing isn't it who was still paying five years after the fact for the fact that they left Ferguson David Gilgo in, yeah. in the same month you know and we've made that sort of made that mistake once though understandably so we don't want to do that again and I think it lends weight to the fact that actually keeping Sam may not be the worst thing in the in the world from that perspective okay interesting uh, next part of the podcast how important or how much does it matter where we finish the season eighth ninth tenth to, to me, it only matters in terms of a couple of million quid, you know, in, in Premier League placing, you know, so pot money. Uh, I know that sounds quite glib to say just a couple of million quid, but, you know, so given the scale of, uh, you know, income in the Premier League nowadays, it's not, you know, a huge sum of money, you know, by comparison. So I, I don't think it makes a great deal of difference at all. I think what is very important is that if Sam Allardyce is going to stay on as manager, momentum, uh, finish the season on a high. If you remember, you know, so Howard Kendall's first few seasons, yeah. um, where Everton had rocky spells in, in each of them and you know looked like they were going to be getting dragged down to the bottom half and each season finished well and ended up finishing seventh I think it was the first two seasons uh, the second season there was absolutely a dreadful run I thought it was the third season dreadful run in the middle of the season there was talk of him getting sacked and then finished with a load of momentum and got to an FA Cup final a League Cup final so finishing a season strongly does definitely give momentum for the following season. It does give players confidence, and it gives the whole football club a bit of a spring in its step. So I don't think the actual finishing position, be it eighth or ninth, is an issue. I just think beating Huddersfield, beating West Ham, you know, beating Southampton, that just gets a bit of momentum then, you know, to take into the summer. Yeah. yeah. Merit payment last season, Everton for finishing seventh, we pocketed 26.6 million. Eighth was 24.7. Ninth was 22.8. So. Yeah. You know, a jump from you know, jump from eighth to ninth, which is ultimately probably where we're going to finish, is what just less than two yeah. million quid. Now, two million quid pays for pays for Sam. <laughs> well, he'll have it if, if you were Sam. That would be you. You know, when you walk into any talk with the board, I'll just hang on a minute. I'll have more than any cash that you're yeah. paying for me here. Yeah. You know, just by even going from ten to eight, I probably pay you paid my I paid my salary for the year yeah. since October. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if I was Sam. You know, and should be his agent really. Talking as well. <laughs> no, seriously, if you were Sam, you'd be saying, "You'd say no, wouldn't you?" You know, how how big a pull would the difference be in trying to attract a, fo- a player from Everton finishing season in tenth to Everton finishing eighth? Does it does it make a, a difference? Good question. I mean, probably not. But it goes back to a couple of points there. Plano saying about finishing the season well and getting a bit of bit a bit of feel good factor yeah. and also like the managers attack players don't they as well so, yeah. uh, I don't think it makes any difference no. to players thinking about coming in you know certainly from Europe European football does you know 8th to 7th yeah. makes a big difference mm. you know if, if players see a club in the Europa League you know despite its, its faults I think that would be an attraction yeah. But I think Everton have got plenty to attract anyway. They've got an owner that's got plenty of money who's willing to spend it. They've got, you know, hopefully, you know, a new stadium on the horizon. Um, and, you know, they've got some decent players in that squad. Wayne Rooney, you know, is an attraction. You know, it, it sounds a bit strange because, you know, everyone again looks at the negatives. Oh, he hasn't scored for 13 games, 14 games. He's playing out of position. But he's England's record goal scorer. You know, he's Manchester United's record goal scorer. He's got, you know, a name worldwide. That is an attraction, you know, so to players thinking about coming to the football club. Mm. Europe's an interesting one, isn't it? Obviously, it looks like we will fall short. Is that a blessing in disguise? No. no I don't no. think so. Go on, you, you go. 
he's told me what to say here, David. No, no, so that's my opinion. I'm going to the two arguments are, are they? Going back to Pano's points, if they're in, it makes it easier to to uh, to to, um, to to attack players and a few extra quid because you get some decent. Money yeah, yeah. Now, can't you? Locally? Not that we've earned any of it this year. Mm. Mind. The the, the counter argument is say for next season is going back to what I was saying about Sam. Perhaps is actually they want one like season of stability. Does you actually football actually counter to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That actually, as we've seen this season, you know, do you really want to be playing in? You know. Got, you've got to be in Europe. That's what you you do. You're bread and yeah. butter. You try and get into Europe. David yeah. Moyes had no problems, you know, getting through to the last sixteen. That season, maybe finished fifth. Yeah. Roberto, you know, had that decent run, and all right, he got to a League Cup semi final, and it fell apart in the league towards the end. But you know, there's no reason why Europa League should be exclusively damaging to no, no, terms. It, it can be done. It, it, Liverpool did it two years ago, you know, so it can be done. It depends where. It, it depends where what what level you start at. Like yeah. you know, like I think that. Mid- so I've started in July. July doesn't, doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't want to give excuses, but I'm, I'm, I'd like to see the stats of the, the clubs who've, who've started in July, like yeah. Stoke and West Ham, have about what 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 happened to them. You know, might have had Fulham Fall, went all the way through to the final. Yeah, from, yeah, uh, yeah. Who's you know, their manager then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might have had by our like sort of like difficult yeah. start. So pluses and minuses. I think generally speaking, needs to be in the Europa League next season if we want a little bit of stability while we're sorting stuff out. Out, you know, behind the scenes. Getting the corporate structure right to the team of the club, then perhaps it may be a blessing to these guys that one. Excellent. Well, we said we will keep it short and sweet today, and we have done uh, a lean, mean 25 minutes. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed this and stay with the Royal Blue Podcast uh, for later in the week as we preview a trip to Huddersfield. Thanks very much.